Hey, this is It's All Downhill, and I'm Christy Brandon. Today, my guest is Christian Wissa. He is a stand-up comedian, and he's got his own podcast called That's Effed Up. Uh, so give him a listen, find him on Instagram, enjoy the interview. Okay, so I feel like all I know about you really is like stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I feel like I, I see, I saw you do stand up uh, back in the olden days when we were allowed to do that in public. Uh, but we never really talked about like how you got here. Like, are you from here? Did you move? Um, no, I moved here after I finished college. Um, That's cool. And that also, like, are you, is stand-up kind of a hobby for you, or is that your main thing? Or, like, is it, a, I feel like some people kind of fall in between where it's, like, a means to an end, but I know some people, like, they're like, yes, if I could do stand-up forever, that's me. Um, it's one of the things I want to do forever. Um, I'd also like to write and showrun shows for a season if I could, but, yeah, I definitely would like to do stand-up for the rest of my life though so yeah that's kind of how I feel about it is like I have other interests but like I'm never gonna not want to do this part of it yeah um when what get you started on stand-up like did you were you doing it through college or did you do that like after you moved here um after I moved here um I was in between jobs before I got my current job and so like I got laid off from an agency um anyone that's like talked to me long enough kind of figures out like yeah that's not a good fit uh, <laughs> 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 yeah it's like your face it's like, <laughs> like oh okay not. he's like yeah so um i got laid off and like in between the month that i um before i started my new job like i was like well i'm bored let me see what an open mic is like and then i saw nice. a bunch of people do terrible comedy and I was like you know what I might be able to do this <laughs> yeah it really is like that like uh it still feels <clears throat> I still feel like nervous sometimes when I actually get up there but like the more I actually go to open mics the better I feel about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh there's so many mediocre white dudes it is frightening. oh man and, you know, those are the guys that are all, like, crowding in somebody's garage right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just masks off, joking about not believing in corona. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so give me the rundown of, like, kind of what you, kind of where you're going and, like, what started everything? Like, did where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? And then at what point were you like, all right, I'm going to move to L.A. and do, like, this kind of stuff? Um, well, I was born in New York City, was raised there partially, then we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and that's where I finished growing up. Um, after high school, I went to the University of North Carolina, um, go Tar Heels. Um, <laughs> that was the longest, God, how long is it? Yeah, that was the longest, like, eight plus years of my life oh my god I can't <laughs> like no offense to North Carolina but what a downgrade from New York oh no you are wrong <laughs> like, um they have central air elevators <laughs> trash is not everywhere like and you have you get space oh like, wow yeah it's like no I feel like a lot of people in New York they have Stockholm syndrome but then once you leave the city and you have all these nice things, you're just like, 
I can come back and visit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Your entire quality of life is like <laughs> way up higher. Yeah. Did and you go to school for like film production or did you go for something else? Yeah, I, I ended up studying media production. That's awesome. Um, after a five-year break. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like, no, my first year I partied, like, well, because my mom was, like, super religious. So when I got to college, I lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> and, like, failed out, lost a scholarship and everything. Wow. And then, like, I worked in grocery stores and restaurants for five years while trying to get back into school. And then I did, and then I finished up. And when I got back in, like, the question is, oh, what are you going to major in? And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to do um, film and TV, like, whatever that is yeah. at this school. How do you feel about that? Do you, like, I mean, obviously, you kind of work in that area, so it got you where you want to be. Yeah, like, um, all of my extracurriculars prepared me for my life after college. There you go, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of my actual classes. Well, that's not completely true, but, like, most of the stuff that I did outside of class yeah, ended up paving the way for me. Um, I feel you on that. I, w I went to school for like basically film studies. And so I came out of college being like, well, I'm really good at talking about a movie I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you go into it thinking you wanted to be a writer or were you just sort of like, I like movies? <laughs> um, I didn't think about writing too much until it was too late for me to join the writing program mm. for um, screenwriting at UNC. And I was just like, oh, dang. Oh, well, guess yeah. we're just going to double down on production. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, I started picking up screenwriting tips here and there, took a couple master classes on it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is not that bad. <laughs> mm. It's definitely one of those skills, like, you don't necessarily, you don't have to go to college, like, you'd have to go for, like, being a doctor or something. Yeah. Which is, thank God. <laughs> so, you went to school in North Carolina, and then you moved out here, mm -hmm. and then how did you end up at an agency? Was that just, like, the first job that you could get? Or was it, like, that's what you wanted? <laughs> um, it was the first job I could get. Um, so, I worked, like, two internships when I moved out here initially and then like that period was running dry and like I just kind of went out for jobs that had my skill set mm -hmm. and this agency was looking for someone to do some tech stuff. I had done some tech stuff at um, in college and like, That's I how had, you it there. <laughs> yeah so I had the skills but then like I just wasn't happy in the agency environment. Yeah so. that makes sense. So like at what point were you, I'm assuming you came out here to do like production stuff. So like at what point were you like, actually I could be a writer and like that's kind of where, because it sounds like that's kind of where you're headed with like stand up and writing. Um, well, I, like after my internship, I did the whole PA grind for like a month and a half and I was like, nope, can't do this. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I gotta find another way to get on set because this, this ain't it for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, don't you love the 14-hour days? No. Like, no, none of that sounds fun. <laughs> like, no. Nah. Like, and then seeing some of the scripts that were being made in front of me, I was like, you know what? I could write better. <laughs> oh, no. So it's exactly like stand-up, just like you saw it. Yeah. 
then you were like, I might as well try because I think I could do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, this is getting, they're paying someone for this? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's, uh, that's interesting that you say that because like, I feel like I, I definitely feel that way for stand-up. Like the more open mic stand-up I see, the more I'm like, maybe I am okay. Maybe I can do this. But the more I write in terms of like practicing script writing and stuff like that, like I feel like I my standards for other shows are so much lower after I've seen the crap that I come up with. <laughs> Writing is hard though. It's super hard. Like the hardest part is actually sitting down and writing. Yes. <laughs> it's um that's tough to do, especially if you're doing other stuff. So so what do you do now, like in your actual job? Is that more like what you're looking for? No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a job that I have a I have the skill set for. Because um, mm -hmm. in college, I worked in the equipment checkout room, and then I also like was purchasing equipment because I was the station manager for student television in college. Mm, that's awesome. So, so I did like a bunch of purchasing, and but I also sat in on board meetings and two and somehow I'm in this weird manager of production technology position where I like I kind of combine those two things that I did not in class and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I get paid for it it'll just like you know what I'll take it like it is that's perfect it is a great job for me to continue to move up in because, like, if I burn out, then I have a six-figure job if I continue <laughs> on the path that I'm I'm going. If I'm just like, oh, I hate stand-up, oh, I hate writing, and then, it's like, six figures, I can take care of a family. Like, I'm good. Then it's fine. Yeah, that's awesome. That's funny. I, I think when I moved here, which was not very uh, long ago, I kind of, like, had this, like, really grind mentality, but now I'm like, you know what, if I can just kind of do this stuff and try my best and maybe go camping or something, great, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, no, I kind of have a crazy, like, Michael Jordan approach to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> me personally, it's like, oh, I'm going to be writing jokes every day, which I do. Like, you I'm either, still do that right now? I'm either writing or working on like existing jokes like every day. Like I, I'm like Damn. crazy. I'm like, like I want to be great. And so like, I can't go out there and risk my life at these mics, but like I can write better jokes. It's like, and when quarantine ends, I want to have like a good bunch of jokes that I can just go out there, maybe book some shows and stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Move man i feel like i needed to hear somebody else be like i don't want to go to these like weird open mics or i'm gonna possibly die for hearing some guy's cancel culture joke <laughs> yeah <laughs> um what can you explain your like organizational process and like how you do all of that writing and stuff because i'm super interested in that kind of stuff because usually for me i just have like eight different threads of thoughts in a notes app <laughs> I mean, my organizational process is not that different from yours. Um, I start with the central premise and then like I just free write. Basically, I'm ranting in my head and I'm writing it down. I don't do it aloud because I have roommates, but. Yeah. <laughs> they could think you're crazy. <laughs> oh, they definitely know I'm crazy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> At least they know. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so like I just kind of free write and then like I kind of put that down and then I work on something else like any other jokes that I've written so like I get some distance from it then I come back and then like I go through it and then it's like oh lots of typos start cleaning that up um started looking at jokes and like their structures like okay I could punch that up there oh that whole chunk of text is unnecessary and I just start like distilling it down to where I can just get like the pertinent information mm -hmm. to get people to laugh. And nice. Like, you really do the like Jerry Seinfeld, like take out every word that's not important thing. Or <laughs> I mean, it's not so much every word that's not important. It's more of any word that would cause me to trip up when I'm on stage because mm -hmm. it's just awesome. too many syllables, like anything that would just muddy the meaning of what I'm trying to say. So like, I just kind of go through clean it up and make sure that I'm speaking plainly because I want to be able to make as many people laugh as possible. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten rid of my niche third and fourth wave feminism jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I get that. <laughs> um, do you, when you go up after doing this, do you kind of have it memorized or do you start with the memorization and kind of work from there? Um, for me, it takes me about like i don't know maybe eight or ten times doing something to really have it memorized because mm -hmm. like i find like if i like try to like drill memorization into my head i'm not gonna remember it and so like i kind of break it down into almost like film beats it's just like okay like this bit how many like points and laugh points am i trying to hit and then like i just name it something mm -hmm. so it's like oh yeah this like fubu or just little points in the joke so I can remember the order. And then it also allows me to switch it up if I need to. Yeah, that's good. That's smart. I always, uh, I always like to hear like how everybody else is writing their jokes. I feel like I, um, I've noticed that I'm having to go back to like the beginning of the way that I used to do it when I first, first started was like, I had to memorize every single thing or I would like, stumble over things and mess up and then I finally got to a point where I could like start with something and then kind of talk about it and now I'm like actually I'm I'm bad again it's been six to seven months like <laughs> I'm gonna have to start taking it seriously <laughs> that's yeah. cool do you do the same thing with your scripts or are you writing current scripts now I am working on like two or three scripts right now um I'm trying to employ a new method that I learned um from Brent Forrester mm -hmm. um so I took his class at Dynasty typewriter and he was just talking about how they write in writers rooms like the office and Parks and Rec and that type of stuff and I was just like oh okay yeah this is cool because they make money um <laughs> so yeah like I've been like trying to implement that process where basically he's like you do a vomit draft and then you kind of go through you clean it up mm -hmm. and gosh I don't remember the process without my notes like I literally keep the notes up because I'm just like I don't want to store this information in my head but I need it somewhere <laughs> jokes only jokes only that's just up there I, th I actually think it's pretty good that you get it down after eight or ten practices to be honest that sounds pretty efficient it's a messy process though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there are many like like takes fives and six is just uh. <laughs> it's like oh I missed this joke I missed this joke like oh so. that's the worst feeling when you get off stage and you're like 
oh god damn it <laughs> especially when it's like you added something new and that's the only part you forgot yeah <laughs> truly heartbreaking really yeah there's just one joke i always forget the tag that i i wrote for it always <laughs> uh. like I, I don't know if you, you might have heard me do this bit. It's the one about the racist girl that I got involved with in college. <laughs> I do that. Yeah, that rings a bell. I kind of remember that. I always forget the tag for that <laughs> joke. Always. Uh. That's so. Uh, that's the most frustrating, especially because like whether or not it's true, I feel like I always believe that the thing that I forgot is the funniest part of the joke. Yeah. So I'm always like, man, everyone's missing out. And if I had remembered to say it, like probably everyone would have been like, I, I don't get that part. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, who knows? Uh, so what are you working on now besides like you're currently doing? Actually, tell me a little bit about your podcast because uh, I've seen it. I've heard a little bit of snippets of it, but I'm actually kind of a bad friend and I don't usually listen to people's podcasts. <laughs> No, that's fair. There's so many of them. I don't. There, we all have one, and we just <laughs> yeah. have them to prove to other people that we have friends. I think <laughs> uh, that's kind of true. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I did it simply because, like, I needed to practice riffing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, I'm just like, oh my god, I hate, I hate this quarantine thing. I need to do something creative. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the podcast is called "That's Fucked Up" with Christian Melissa. Um. I start off every episode with a simple prompt. It's like, guest name, tell me something that's fucked up. It'd be something that they've done, something that was ha- happened to them, something that they've researched. Like, I don't really care what <laughs> the fucked up thing that, that happened. I don't care who did it or what did it. Like, I just, <laughs> but it has to be fucked up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it has to be fucked up. has to be something that could be made funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, that's, I know I, that's actually very creative. I like that a lot. <laughs> And yeah, and then like we just kind of have a conversation after that, and then, <laughs> but yeah, we kind of dive into uh, recent events and all. The, yeah, yeah, it just it just kind of goes all over the place after we start off. That's the best way to do it, I think. I like that a lot. Um, well, what else are you? You got scripts going on. You got work. You got podcasts, and you got your. Tell me about like the most recent joke that you wrote, like the newest one. Oh, yeah, this joke that hopefully I won't be able to use when pandemic is over. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I finally, like, gave up on, like, not writing a Trump joke. Oh, <laughs> you know what? At this point, I get it. Because <laughs> I was just like, I'm not going to give him any, like, airtime. Fuck that guy. And I was just like, nah. Some jokes, like, kind of just come to you when you're high. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like the, I, I mean, I, so basically like I talk about how the media and everyone has been approaching Trump incorrectly. He's like, they just, they keep approaching him like he's a politician when he's not, he loves gold, he loves cash and he loves foreign women. He's like, he's, he's not a politician. He's a rapper. <laughs> oh my God. And it's like, it's like, no, and you, if you like deep, dig deeper he's like oh he has five kids with three different baby mamas he's like he's he's basically two platinum albums away from being future like it's just (laughs) and so like that's kind of like the start of that joke and then i kind of go in to how like okay how do you approach him like a rapper is like you got to start a beef with him and it's like the only person that can do it 
is Pusha T. Because, <laughs> like, you heard about Pusha T's beef with um, Drake, right? Yes. It feel, everything like that feels so far away. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, during that beef, he's the one that found out that Drake had a child. <laughs> so like, He's the man for it. <laughs> exactly. It was like, he's going to find a P-tape. She's going to get his tax returns. He's going to get everything. <laughs> like that that was the whole like basic premise of that joke that like I kind of am sort of proud of. <laughs> yeah, I I hate it but I love it. That's how I feel about it. Like I need a diss track, but I wish we didn't live in a dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> what uh what scripts are you working on? Do you have anything uh, you can tell me or are you just kind of like doing spec uh, things? I, I'm writing a Brooklyn Nine-Nine spec, um, Ooh. which is like, it's one of my favorite shows. I think it's just a fun thing to do to be like, hey, I can write in your voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the point of it is. You're like, hey, person who has the money, <laughs> I can parrot your voice on screen. Yeah. <laughs> give me some of that. He's <laughs> like, give me some of that money you have, please. <laughs> that's such an underrated strategy of uh, of a career strategy as a whole that has to do with art just like hey um what if you gave me money (laughs) (laughs) someday maybe have you ever applied to any of those like um like the fellowship things or like the late night stuff how do you feel about those um okay here i I have a weird feeling about like late night shows like fallon and stuff Mm. Not that they're not good. It's just like, it's not good for my personal brand. Um, <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, can you write this watered down comedy? I was like, technically yes, but do I want to? No. <laughs> I feel that. I tried doing a late night packet and then I realized maybe someone who hasn't really paid attention to the news since 2016 shouldn't be writing a late night packet. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. But it was like, I also like, so much of like stand-up and comedy is about finding and refining your own voice mm-hmm. and then they're just like okay fuck your voice speak like jimmy fallon and i'm just like but i don't want to i think jimmy fallon's corny like it's just, <laughs> and like and i get it he has to be because it's broadcast television but like mm-hmm. i also feel the same way about like actually doing stand-up on those shows because like they like you work so hard developing an act in a bit and then they're just like okay we don't like this word we don't like this and they like they change it after all your years of work and I'm just like that's true no (laughs) like (laughs) I've just like kind of ignored that whole part of the system (laughs) so you're an alt comic basically is what you're saying I'm not an alt comic I'm just (laughs) like I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where like my day job doesn't interfere with my ability to do stand up at night Mm. and so like I don't have to like, I understand why people do that for the money and the exposure, but I'm just like, I don't have to do that shit, because I'm just like, well, my bills are paid, so fuck this. Wow, you can actually enjoy it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> have you been doing any of the Zoom shows or anything like that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have off and on. It's just the timing. It's just so bad (laughs) (laughs) that's honestly that I haven't really done much of that and I've heard you know it's hit or miss basically but uh 
it just doesn't seem like it it fulfills the thing that like I want from stand-up where it's that audience being able to react quicker than 1.5 seconds later after you've told their joke yeah I mean I'm looking for love and validation which is why I do stand-up that's too real aren't we all yeah it's like any delay in that love and validation it makes me upset so that's why zoom shows that's not gonna work for you (laughs) it's not (laughs) although i do have a zoom show on the 8th and then like another one on like i think like the 15th or 17th i don't know i'll double check (laughs) i feel like that's um that's the realist attitude as a comedian, just like, yeah, this isn't really like what I what's working for me, but also I got booked on something, so I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Because I need that validation. <laughs> However delayed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that so many of the like there are no set rules for Zoom shows because some shows are just like, uh, we don't want to hear your dog and everything that's going on in your background. So mute yourself. We would love to see you laughing though. I was like, that's not <laughs> that's not it. Like, you're going to be watching everybody's screen to see if they're, like, I don't know, mouths open. <laughs> yeah, some shows are just not, <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's, like, it's my only option since I refuse to go to the hollowed out remains of Bert's back room and do whatever it is that's happening there now. It's all just so sad. I don't know. I actually like don't know what to think about it. Uh, I just I feel like we're just gonna have to like wait and get back to it later. Actually, had I'm interested in how you feel about that. As I mean, I'm kind of getting the sense that you just actually truly love comedy and love doing it, which is I think the right way to do it. But I also like I'm kind of in it for trying to make it a career in some way yeah and I always ask people uh like us like what they're doing like how do you feel about being so delusional (laughs) I mean yeah we all like what's your take (laughs) I mean it's nice to have a dream and something that keeps you going (laughs) especially in this cold cruel world that crushes any sign of hope Oh, no. Like, I always no. try and think, like, you know, maybe in the apocalypse, I'll be entertaining enough to barter my stories for food. <laughs> it's like, I used to work in a meat department, so I have some old world skills as far as meat cutting. So I'll be fine. Like, I can... There you it's go. Like, it's like, oh, that half a deer? Cool. I'll cut out some loins and stuff for you. Here you go. <laughs> I'll figure it out. That is very, like... I don't know why that just makes me think like medieval RPG, like video game, just bringing your meat to someone, having them cut it up, and then they br- they just take some of it as their payment. I mean, I would probably like try to skin it and then sell the skin for <laughs> monies and other things. You're ready. I think you're ready for this. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, no, the economic system is going to collapse on itself any day now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably, uh, and you're ready. Are you still gonna do stand up um, in the apocalypse, like around the fire? 
probably that, that we build in our small communities <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like i use the stage like the stage is where my inner monologue that i keep inside <laughs> that's where it gets to come out it's mm -hmm. like it's what i'm thinking when people just see me like stone face or like not having any expression at all they're just like oh yeah, i wonder what he's thinking it's like come to my show pay 20 dollars <laughs> This is find out. Is. Next time a girl asks you, what are you thinking about? Just be like, just come to one of my shows. You'll find out. You're not going <laughs> to like it, but you'll find out. <laughs> it's like, I'm thinking about how Drake hit a child <laughs> and only Pusha T could find it. <laughs> um, I'm going to need Pusha T to vet all of my politicians from now on, to be honest. Now that you've yeah. made this point, it's a very accurate point. <laughs> yeah find all the dirt bring it out i actually like if i could possibly just get a personal number i'd like him to vet uh any boyfriends <laughs> colleagues <laughs> and basically anything like that i'm it's just like, gonna need that information <laughs> it's like yo if you could tell me any like dirt on any bookers in la <laughs> so i can use that for leverage to get on some shows <laughs> if you could just be on my side we're good don't don't uh don't look up anything about me i don't want anyone to know whatever i've done <laughs> probably like, I, just tweets about boyfriends not paying attention to me in middle school but you know what it's fine but yeah you can look to my background push t i use it for my stand-up <laughs> i leave no rock unturned i tell everyone i was actually like not the most recent episode that I'm going to put up, but the last couple I was talking to, I think Alexis Bradby about this, where we were just like, why do we, why do we divulge such personal information on stage all the time? Oh, to, <laughs> to create a false sense of intimacy with the audience. And so they feel more comfortable laughing. Damn, that's actually 100% true, probably. <laughs> And then we feel weird when they come up to us after the show talking about that personal thing. It's like, oh, why are you talking to me about that? It's like, but we are the ones who shared it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I know you really like, I, sometimes I try to remind myself, like, you can't be mad when you put that information out into the world <laughs> voluntarily <laughs> when someone yeah. comments on it or feels like they're a part of it. Does anybody ever like, after you go on stage and then you like, plug your instagram or whatever does anybody slide into your dms and then just say like weird shit because i feel like that's a risk um i don't plug my instagram on stage which means i'm horrible at this and i should <laughs> start doing that you should be doing that it's like no i'm kind of in the middle of trying to figure out my social media strategy because mm -hmm. i'm just like i think i'm making stuff and just kind of throwing it into a void um and like i need to figure out how to market it better it's so hard. I have no idea how to do it. I've never, I, I think I haven't even gotten the point where, you know how some people manage to like at least say who they are before they leave stage? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm 100% incapable of it. So yeah. I'm just like, I guess, I guess I hope they come ask me. <laughs> oh my God. That's so right. That's so right. <laughs> Like, I don't do that either. I'm just like, oh. It was like, well, I hope you had a good time. Bye. <laughs> hope you had a good time. You'll never remember me, and you'll never see me again. Bye. 
Uh, they'll remember us. We're probably the only women and black guy on the lineup. <laughs> That's true. If they even put us on the same lineup. Oh, yeah. Because really, I feel like it's it's such a shame. Like, it's, it's 2020, but having either a person of color or a woman on your lineup is like a Highlander situation still where you can just, there's only one of us. It's fine. <laughs> I do want to talk about a little bit the, when you said you had kind of like a gap from starting college to finishing college, just kind of the process of like, I always think it's interesting um, <clears throat> talking to people after you get a little bit older, like 30, 30 is not old, but like once you reach that point, then I feel like my point of view is that um, you had time. Like you, I, I wonder if, if for you, like at the time it felt like, damn, I'm like wasting so much time, but like looking back, it's like, you know what, went through it. And like, do you take anything away from that? I guess is. Um, there was a lot that I learned in that process. Um, I was one of those people who in high school, I didn't have to study because everything came very easily to me. Um, damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I kind of went into college thinking it would be the same, but like, I never like partied and did that type of stuff in high school. So I had no sense of how to balance that type of stuff. So then I go off to college and I just <laughs> went straight into partying. Like I took out a credit card <laughs> freshman year. Oh used no. It, used, <laughs> it, used it to buy tickets to go see Tim Tebow play in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> and like paid for like travel and all that other stuff. It was just like so I did like ridiculous shit like that. And then like I never was into hard drugs. It was just like liquor and dancing for me. Cause like when I get drunk, I want to dance. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, like, I just, but it was, like, the wake-up call that I needed, that I needed to work hard, because up until that point, like, oh, it was, like, I'll be able to figure anything out. I'm smart. Like, that is not the way to live your life. And, like, having to work for five years to get back into school and doing all of those minimum wage jobs and all the other stuff, one, I appreciate people who are in those jobs. I'm always nice to people at restaurants and stuff because I'm just like, yo, mm -hmm. you're going through it. Like, I don't go to restaurants if I can't tip. It's like, should they be paying them a living wage? Yes. But until we get there, you got to tip. Yes, exactly. So, like, I always, like, tip well. I always just try to be kind to people working in service because, like, I've worked in the service industry and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> some of these motherfuckers. <laughs> right <laughs> the customer's not always right <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. not it's like sometimes the customer's a jackass like it's just <laughs> sometimes the customer is mean and should go home and is expecting weird things from you for some reason <laughs> yeah gosh well that's kind of a little a sidetrack but yeah like no it was a necessary part of my growth as a human being and it forced me to mature so when I got back into college, I was just like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is not hard. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. It's like hard is trying to pay rent on a Chick-fil-A cashier salary. It's like, <laughs> it's like you can't do it. <laughs> it's, that's, uh, that's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, I, like college ended up becoming easier, but like, 
it kind of just reshaped how I, I approach things, even entertainment. Like I didn't come out here with the illusions like, oh, I'm going to be a star immediately. And I know a lot of people who did. And I was just like, no, you're going to have to work a long time and then build something, maybe like an audience. Like I'm trying to learn how to do that. <laughs> it's so hard. I can't really figure that kind of thing out either. Partially because I don't like put the effort into it. I'll admit that. But also because I'm just like, what do I do now? <laughs> I mean, part of my problem with building audiences is just that I understand it's a lot of work to do it, and I don't want to do that work. <laughs> that's that's what it is. It's just yep. like I just want to be funny. It's like, can I just be funny? It's like, eventually, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like once you do all the other extra steps that set you apart from other people that are just funny and not doing those things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I just always like to hear, like, because I feel like. I moved down here when I was turned 29 and then I shortly after turned 30. So I like hearing from other people that I feel like kind of took like the longer path to get into it and finally get started doing it. Cause that's a, I think it's a better outlook. Yeah. Like that's, that's the only regret I have in my life. I wish I would have started stand up sooner. Mm-hmm. Only regret I have is it. And I know my, if my mom ever hears this, she's like, well, not what you did to me when you went to college. It was just like, it, was, it wasn't about you. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was about my inability to be a responsible adult because I was thrust into a world I was completely unprepared for. Um, <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> it's fine. We're all alive now, so <laughs> good. <laughs> I that's how I feel so much about like looking back on stuff I'm just like well you know I'm fine now it's it's all right yeah we're good yeah like no it like that 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 time in college was so instructive for me just like people when we moved out here were still like getting drunk and doing all this ridiculous stuff and i was just like yeah i'll just have two drinks and go to bed like (laughs) like, i'm good you're like yeah i uh i know how bad this can end up so (laughs) it's like exactly like oh come on guy you want to like no (laughs) that's i hear that about a lot of people who move to la and just kind of get like a little too excited about it and just kind of party a lot and then burn out after a year which i can see happening (laughs) Well, I think, like, what people need to understand about not just living in L.A., but entertainment in general, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah, for real. I think it's easier to see that when you're around other people who are trying to do it. Like, before I moved here, I mean, I by the time I moved here, I didn't have any, like, illusions that it wasn't going to take me probably forever just to get a regular-ish job. But I feel like I definitely had, like, illusions of that when I was, like, you know, maybe, like, 17 in Indiana. I probably was, like, all you have to do is, I don't know, go to a Disney audition, be cute, be Britney Spears. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think those are all my questions. Do you have anything? You have your podcast you want to plug? Anything else you want to plug? Um... Nothing else I want to plug right now. I mean, I might work on some stuff. Maybe do like a limited series for only YouTube. I don't know. We'll see. Ooh, yeah. 
That's awesome. Like eight to ten episodes, get some friends together. I was like, can you act, motherfuckers? And they're just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> can you act? I suppose. You're like, well, I feel like you'll be the only one who doesn't flake out on me. So you, the role's yours. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the real way how stuff gets cast in and things like that here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have my podcast, That's Fucked Up with Christian Lissa, available on all major podcast apps. So Google Play, well, no, it's not. It's Google Podcasts now, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, the big three. I'm on all of them. On some smaller ones, too, but mm-hmm. fuck those guys. <laughs> I'm on the big three. <laughs> fuck those guys. I got it. Fantastic. Thank you. This is good. Oh, yeah. And I'm at Christian Wissa on all social media. Yes. <laughs> you almost did it. That's it. That was the whole thing. Thank you for listening. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you do rate, review, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. I update every Wednesday. Uh, make sure to follow Christian on Instagram and Twitter so you can find him and his new podcast. That's fucked up. Love you. Bye.